Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stefan James and welcome to another session of the Life Mastery Accelerator. Today's topic is 21 Habits for Health, Wealth and Happiness. We're going to talk about creating empowering habits in your life. You know, Aristotle said that you are what you repeatedly do every day and we are creatures of habit. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can recognize in our life is that how our life is most often is a reflection of what we've done in the past. In fact, they even say that about 90% of the thoughts that you have today are the thoughts that you had yesterday, the day before, the day before. We tend to, as human beings, we, we form habits and routines and rituals and ways of being, the habit of thinking, the habit of belief, the habit of behavior. And that is what's going to affect and determine your outside world and what shows up in your life, whether it's success financially or building a great business or a great career or a great relationship and what you attract in your life. But also your internal world is also going to be shaped and determined by what you do every day. Your emotional well-being, the happiness, the joy, the gratitude, the laughter, the fun, the inner peace, all of these emotions are habits that you form over time. And the same thing is true of negative and disempowering emotional states and states of being. You know, if you experience depression and anxiety and fear and guilt and jealousy and shame, those are emotions that have become habitual in your life. And it's not easy to change a habit. It does take time. And I've read studies and research that says it takes 21 days to change a habit. I've also read other ones that say 30 days. In some, circum- some circumstances, I've read 67 days. In some cases, 90 days. And I don't know if there's a hard and fast rule because everyone's brain circuitry is a little bit different. You know, our habits most often, they're formed in the brain. Our neural pathways are formed when you do something again and again and again. And the more that you do something, the more you repeat that, the more those nerve pathways get reinforced. And it becomes automatic. We all, most of us are living our lives on automatic pilot. You know, and, and if you actually had to focus on and be aware of everything in your life, you'd be so overwhelmed and so overloaded. So our brain actually primarily deletes things. It deletes a lot of things and allows us to be able to automatically live our lives and, and to be able to focus on really only so many things at once. Because right now there's a million things that you could focus on that if you did, you'd go crazy. You know, you mo- probably right now don't focus on the blood rushing through your ear until I mention it. Or you don't notice and feel your heartbeat and the fact that your heart beats 100,000 times a day without you even thinking about it, without a break, without a rest, but you don't notice it until you focus on it and you think about it. Or right now you might not be feeling you know, what the sensation is in your left leg until you focus on it. So human beings, we can only focus on so many things at once and that's why our brain is designed to primarily work on automatic pilot 
But we do have to be aware that some of this automatic pilot and what's been set up in our computer, right? Because our brain is a computer that has an operating system and on that operating system, there's software, there's apps that are installed in it and some of them might be outdated, some of it might be not as good for you, you know, might be disempowering that you might've learned habits or beliefs or thoughts that you've learned from your teachers or your parents or your past that aren't serving you now today. And there's new ways of being, new habits that you can cultivate in your life that can allow you to move in a different direction. And by initially going through the process of starting a new habit, eventually it does become automatic, something you don't really think about. Right now you have many habits in your life, most of which I'm sure empower you, whether that's waking up at a certain time and brushing your teeth, taking a shower every day, you know, eating certain meals and foods and showing up for work on time. Those are habits that you've cultivated that most often you don't think much about. But so are the negative ones of eating junk food and you know, um, all the other negative things, getting caught up in gossip and depression and perhaps gambling or drugs or pornography or whatever it might be, laziness, procrastination, those are habits as well. So I believe, you know, the model of like 21 days, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, I don't know which one's true. I think there's, you know, different circumstances based on the habit that you're trying to integrate into your life that can make it different but also how effectively your brain works. Some people I've noticed, they get themselves to a point where they can initiate habits a lot easier than others because they built up their prefrontal cortex, which is a part of your brain that contributes to your discipline and your willpower. And so I've noted for some people, it's a lot easier to develop a new habit. Other people, it might take a little bit longer. It might take 30, 60, 90 days, maybe even longer than that. And the same thing's true, I think, with also overcoming disempowering habits and even more so certain addictions that you might have, it's gonna take time. Because if you have an addiction, if you have an addiction to social media, if you have an addiction to binge watching videos on YouTube, if you have an addiction to eating junk food or pornography or whatever it might be, even thinking, even work, alcohol, right? If you have an addiction to something and it's something that you've done for a very, very long time, over many, many years, the, more, the longer you've done it, the more frequently that you've done it, the stronger that nerve, the neural pathway is in your brain, the stronger that that's wired together. And what's gonna happen is when you try to stop that behavior and you try to cultivate something new instead, well, the wiring is still there. So the wiring has been set up in a way that by you in, indulging and engaging in this behavior, this thought, this pattern in your life, it gives you a source of pleasure. It's kind of like a friend in your life that has always been there for you, but they're not the best friend. They're not the best friend for you long-term. They might be good in the short-term. You know, that friend that, you know, that side of yourself where you really enjoy eating junk food or that side of yourself you really enjoy just being lazy and playing video games. That's kind of like a friend. It's comfortable, it's familiar. It's something you've cultivated over a long period of time. Perhaps it's even a coping, coping mechanism for you where if you're stressed, if you're going through anxiety and difficulty in your life, you can always go to that friend. You can always go to play video games. You can always go to your favorite dessert and food. You can always go to pornography or alcohol or whatever it might be. But that's a friend that gives you comfort in the short term, but it's at a consequence long term in your life. That long term, it's taking you further and further away at the person that you want to be and the freedom, the joy that you want to have. It's robbing you of that. But you've got to understand it's going to take time to break that. And, and, and really the solution is the more that you can discipline yourself and have the willpower and to, to, to 
indulge less and less in whatever that disempowering habit or behavior is, then the weaker that those neural pathways get and the weaker that it gets over time, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, then it, you become free from that. You're less impulsive. You have more self-control. And those cravings and temptations tend to go away. And in the same way, it's gonna take you 30, 60, 90 days or more to cultivate the new ones for that wiring to get really dialed in that can really allow this to be automatic in your life. And so uh, I'm gonna primarily focus today on positive habits that you can integrate to your life. Um, they can be great to replace disempowering habits because I do believe that if you're gonna get rid of something in your life, a negative disempowering habit, you wanna replace it with something new and something that can fulfill your needs and provide for you what the old habit did, but, but in a more sustainable and empowering way long-term. Okay, so that's one way you can look at this, the list that I'm gonna give you and share with you. These are all habits that have empowered my life. Um, my life has become greater and richer because of what I'm sharing with you today. Um, but don't think you have to apply everything here. That's not the purpose of this. I'm gonna share with you habits that you can integrate to your life for your health, wealth, and happiness habits that I've observed from other successful people that I've learned from and been around, and ones that I've, I've integrated to my life that have enriched my life. But you get to decide. I want you to kind of think that you're a, at a restaurant and I'm giving you a menu, and you get to decide at the list, you know, out of the 21 uh, habits I'll share with you, are there certain ones here that would really make a big difference in your life? And if so, then I want to challenge you at the end of the stream to take action on that, to create an assignment, to, to do a 30-day challenge. I always like to do a 30-day challenge. You could do a 60 or 90-day challenge if you'd like, but by at least taking action and cultivating that habit, that's something that could really make a huge difference in your life, especially over the long term. You know, sometimes adding one little thing to your life, you, know, you might not see the difference or the impact for it in the short term, but over the long term, it does. Over the long term, it makes your life work a lot better. Um, so I'm going to share a lot with you here today and describe a bit of them for you. Some of them you might already know about. Maybe you already do a lot of these as well. Fantastic. One way I want to mention though you to, uh, for you as well to really cultivate a habit, one important ingredient is reward, reinforcement. Whatever you reward will get repeated. Okay, you might want to write that down. Whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. And so any of the habits that are empowering in your life if you reward yourself, and the reward really is you want in your brain certain neurochemicals that fire off, such as dopamine, uh, oxytocin, serotonin, all these great neurochemicals, but if you can give yourself a reward for that, then you're creating a new habit and behavior that's getting stronger and stronger and stronger through that reward. And so a simple reward I like to do is I like to acknowledge myself any time I do something right in my life, any time I do anything that contributes to my long-term future and my well-being. So it could be something as simple as whenever I go to the gym, often when I'm coming back from the gym, I take a moment to acknowledge myself. So I'll say to myself, Stefan, great job. Great job, Stefan. I'm proud of you. Awesome job. You went to the gym. You didn't have to go to the gym. Uh, even though you've gone to the gym a million times, I'm still going to acknowledge you for that because there was once a time in your life where it was difficult to go to the gym. And by going to the gym, you demonstrated that you care about yourself, Stefan. You've demonstrated that you're worthy. You demonstrated that you want to improve. You want to get better. You want to be healthier. And I'm going to acknowledge you and love you and respect you and give you so much praise for that. 
So it could be a simple conversation with yourself. And by doing so, you feel good about yourself. It's no different. You know, when you grow up, a lot of your behaviors are actually formed from your childhood because your parents are a huge source of love in your life. And getting the approval, the validation, the love, the praise from your parents or perhaps your teachers meant the world for you. I mean, I think we all crave deep down inside having our mom and dad tell us that they're proud of us or that they love us or great job. And I grew up in a household where I didn't hear that very often. My dad, it was more the mentality when nothing was ever good enough. You know, it had to be perfect. And, you know, that caused some negative effects. He didn't really acknowledge the positive things. He was always more self-critical and pointing out the things I didn't do well. And so that's something that if you're not getting it from your parents, that's okay. Give it to yourself. Give it to yourself. Acknowledge. Reward yourself. And the reward can be a pat on the back. It can be a high five. It can be a little pep talk, praise, compliments. Whatever you'd like to receive from someone else, give that to you so that you're self-sufficient and you don't need something outside of yourself to be validated, you can self-validate yourself, which is a very, very important thing because most of us, I do got to mention it, most of us, and pardon my French, most of us are way too fucking hard on ourselves. Most of us, we beat ourselves up. And the problem with that is when you beat yourself up for not being perfect, for not doing your habit, for not doing what you said you're going to do, the more you beat yourself up again and again and again, you're actually having the opposite effect where in your brain you're linking pain to even trying, to even making an attempt. And you do that again and again and again and before you know it, there's pain, 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 pain. Why even try? Why even bother? You go to a point of learned helplessness where you just give up and you say, I'm not even going to bother with this because I get pain by trying and I get pain if I make a mistake. And so it's just much easier to not experience that pain and not even try to improve my life at all. And that's where you find a lot of people, they become resentful and bitter and jaded and they've given up on their life and they settle. And then they pay the ultimate consequence in life over the long run where their life gets worse and worse and de degenerates in many different ways. And it's really sad. It's really disappointing. So be kind to yourself. That's a very important thing. Um, and, and reward yourself. Reward yourself uh, and be really loving yourself, over loving to yourself in many cases, to really acknowledge yourself. It's no different, by the way, if you want to teach a kid how to walk, right, or you want to teach your kid how to talk and speak, well, when the kid tries to walk, inevitably the kid's going to fall down. It's never walked before. It's new to this. And when the kid tries to walk, if you as the parent get mad at the kid and punish the kid and say, oh my God, you know, you're horrible, you can't even do anything right, you can't even walk, if you give that pain and punishment, then what are the chances the kid's going to even attempt to walk again? But no, we don't do that as parents. Instead, as parents, what you do is that even any slight attempt that the kid walks, even if just for a one or two seconds and they fall down, you go, oh my God, Charlie is walking. Oh my God, Charlie. You give so much love and praise and excitement and enthusiasm and that gets transferred to the child and encourages the child to keep trying. The same thing with walking, or sorry, the same thing with talking. If you, you know, your baby tries to say, dad, 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 do you, do you scold the kid and say, oh my gosh, it's daddy, it's dad, you can't get anything right and get mad at the kid? Of course not. You, you, you praise the kid. So praise is incredibly valuable and important. You've got to recognize as a human being how important that is for your life. Acknowledge yourself when you wake up in the morning. Acknowledge yourself for anything you do that's good if you want that to be an empowering habit in your life. 
The more you do that, the more these new habits are going to take hold in your life and you're going to strengthen them and reinforce them and they'll become automatic in your life. So I do want to mention that that's a really important mindset component in cultivating these habits. Now, with that being said, how about we dive into some of these habits? I've got a whole list here, and I'm going to go through some of them a lot quicker than others, but I do want to um, kind of elaborate on some of them a bit. And I do recommend take out a pen and paper, take notes, write these down, because at the end of this, I'm going to encourage you to pick one, two, or three of these that you can implement to your life, or if there's a, another one that you've already uh, determined in your life that can make sense for you, then you can uh, commit to doing a 30-day challenge for that as well. Okay. Um, so the first habit, the first habit which I think is very, very important, and again, these are ones that have really made a difference in my life, is waking up at the same time every morning. Waking up at the same time every morning. We're creatures of habit, and it's very, very important for our body and for our mind to have a level of consistency around our sleep. The time we wake up, the time we go to bed is very, very important. You don't want to disrupt that. When you do disrupt that, you're going to have negative cognitive effects in your brain and your well-being. It's going to affect you. Now, if you really want to test this, there's actually a ring that I use here. It's called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A. I've shared this many times before. I love this ring because it tracks my sleep, my activity, my body temp temperature, my heart rate vari variabil variability. Um, it tracks a lot and gives me data on that. And it'll even give you indicators on how you can perform for the day based on all the measurements that it's doing for your body, but very importantly, your sleep. Your sleep, and in terms of what time you wake up at, is very important for your circadian rhythm, so your energy production that you're gonna have throughout the day. So set a time when you're gonna wake up. If it's 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., it doesn't matter. Pick a time and stick with that. Stick with it. If you're trying to implement a new time to wake up, perhaps earlier than you do already, you might have to set an alarm clock. You might have to discipline yourself a little bit more. It's going to take a period of time where you might feel a little bit groggy. You might not get it, you know, as much sleep as you'd like initially, but over time, it gets easier, and then eventually you don't even need an alarm clock. You just automatically wake up at that time. I like to try to wake up when the sun is rising. Um, for me, that's because one of the most important things you actually do in the morning is to get outside and to have sunlight because sunlight is very important for your circadian rhythm. And so that's as human beings, we typically would wake up when the sun rises and we go to sleep when the, when the sun goes down. Um, so there is a one device though that I use. I'll give you guys a few devices. I'll link to it for you guys in the recording as well. One device I like to use as well is called a human charger. The human charger is a device that it emits blue light uh, through, the, through, um, through ear pods. And so it's kind of like a, a, an, an iPod, I guess, but you put it in your ear, but it just emits blue light. The blue light stimulates your brain and helps with energy production and helps reset your, circuit, your circadian rhythm. I like to use it a lot for traveling, especially because um, I travel a lot and there's jet lag with that. So if I need to reset my, my body clock, then I can use, use that. But I also like to use it just to give myself a boost in, of energy in the morning. But also when you use it early in the morning, it will help reset that circadian rhythm. Even especially, by the way, if you wake up early enough and it's still dark out, maybe you wake up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., it's still dark. Well, using blue light to allow your brain to get some light can be beneficial in, in making that, giving you the energy in the morning, but also helping make that a new habit and routine for yourself. A lot of successful people, when you study them as well, they do tend to wake up early, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. 
Um, I wake up usually around 6 a.m. in the morning and that works for me. I've had times waking up at 5 a.m. You know, you, gotta, you have to find a time that works for you based on your lifestyle, but I like to wake up early because it gives me a head start on the day. I just feel so much better by 10 a.m., 9 a.m. I feel like I got so much done. You know, I feel like I've already had a full day. You know, I've done so, you know, I've gone to the gym and I've, I've planned out my day and I've done my meditation. I've done all these great rituals and routines in my life and it's 9 a.m. and most people are just getting their day started at that, that, at that point and it gives you this great competitive advantage uh, throughout the day. So that's one important habit. The second one is gratitude. Gratitude. Now, this is one we've all heard, already know it, I get that, but it's something that I've learned over the years that has become even more and more important in my life. Because the reality is, if you're not already grateful for what you already have in your life, then what's the point in attracting more? Why even go after more in your life if you're not already grateful for what you have? Because right now you live in an incredible life, an incredible world. The life you live is so much better than your grandparents had it. I mean, the fact that you have technology, the fact that you have a computer, you have a phone, you have the internet, you know, this phone is a computer. It's a computer that you have in your hands and it gives you access to everything you want to know in life. Um, so much information. It's a communication tool. You have thousands of songs. There's so much that is incredible in our lives, but we don't feel it. We're not happy because we don't appreciate it enough. We just take it for granted. There's something called the law of familiarity. If you're around something too often, you take it for granted. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship. At first, at the beginning, there's passion, there's excitement, there's that honeymoon phase, but eventually you get habituated with that person and you don't appreciate them as much. You don't do as much for them as you did early on in that relationship. Same thing goes for your career. The first job that you get, or maybe it's a new car, maybe it's a new home, maybe it's a new outfit, no matter what it is. And so I've learned, especially as someone that's been able to achieve a lot in my life, I've been able to achieve almost everything I've ever wanted, and I'm very appreciative of that, but the more that I've achieved, the more I've recognized how important gratitude is. And so I always start off my day being grateful and appreciative. I take out a journal and I write down 10 things I'm grateful for and I always try to make it a little bit different and to spend time thinking about and pondering and feeling what that really means for my life. And the more you can focus on gratitude, the more rich your life will be. So focusing on it all throughout the day, focusing on what you can appreciate about every situation. You know, that's the next level, the next step, is not just doing it, you know, uh, once in the morning, but every day, all throughout the day. You're focused on the good in your life. And I often remember when I coach a lot of people, uh, when I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching, a lot of my clients, what I often notice is that their mind, they programmed and built the habit of always focusing on the negative, always focusing on what they're not doing good enough, what they're not doing well enough. and. Uh, you know, they, they would just be really hard on themselves. And the antidote to that, what I'd actually prescribe for those students, is every day, back then I had them email me. Every day I want you to email me in the morning three things you're grateful for. And then before you go to bed, email me three awesome things that happened throughout your day. Three things you did well. And make them small. Don't wait for them to be big things. That's the big mistake that people make. Because how often is something big gonna really happen in your life? Not that often. Your life is made up of primarily very small things. And so we have to learn how to make those small things significant and important in our lives. And that's why the happiest people in the world are the ones that they get joy, so much joy out of very simple pleasures. They get joy out of seeing a sunset. 
They get joy just waking up in the morning. They get joy just by smiling. They get joy just by, you know, looking at a computer or a phone and like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And then they don't lose that wonder and the awe and the excitement and the privilege of that. And part of it is kind of humbling yourself too, you know, not thinking that, you know, you're better than everything, like, like losing yourself in the wonder of the magnificence that life has provided for us, I think is so, so important and is so necessary for us. And so... We live in a world with a lot of people, they're, they get caught up in entitlement and their ego and they don't appreciate things and they complain about things and that's destructive. There's a great uh, book and there's a documentary called The Complaint-Free World and it has this um, complaint-free challenge to break the habit of complaining. I did a video on this a long time ago. You have this little bracelet. Every time you complain, you catch yourself and you, it's like a rubber band, you snap it. You snap yourself just to get yourself aware of every time you complain, instead you focus on something you can appreciate and be grateful for. If you do that, you're going to have an incredibly rich life because your life is not determined by the outside world. There's plenty of people that have everything you can possibly imagine, all the money, all the fame, everything on the outside, but they're miserable. They're miserable and they're depressed. And there's plenty of people that have nothing, nothing. They're homeless. They live on the street. They live in poverty in Africa or India. And they're happy and joyous because they're grateful for what they have. So it's not your outside world. It's your inner world that's really going to shape your life the most. Habit number three is self-awareness and reflection. Self-awareness and reflection. Now, I was going to write down something like journaling or I was going to write down something like every week checking in on your life mastery blueprints, you know, checking in on each area of your life. But I thought what was more necessary as a habit that encompasses that is self-awareness and reflection. I think self-awareness is one of the most important skills you can have in life because you can't change something if you're not aware of it. And one thing that I look at that's really been useful for my life is I've been very, very good at becoming aware of anything in my life that's preventing me from being more by being my best. Um, oftentimes, like if anybody criticizes me or offers me any form of improvement or suggestion in my life, I've already thought about it and been aware of it and I'm already working on it because I've, I've been, I, I think about these things a lot. I think about my life a lot. I think about, you know, if I have a, a negative emotion or reaction or a trigger or whatever it is, I'm obsessed with getting to the bottom of that. You know, and looking beyond the surf and saying, okay, why, why, you know, what's going on with myself? Why am I reacting that way? What's happening in my, my body? Why do I have low energy? Or why is it that this happening in my life or my business or whatever it is? And I always try to take responsibility for it, which could also be a habit as well. But I always try to identify and investigate is really what it is. What's going on so that I can become aware of it and then learn about it and solve it in my life and get better from that. And then also allows me to help other people and share it with other people. So a big form of everything I teach and share with you guys is based on a lot of self-awareness and reflection and a lot of deep thought. I like to think. I like to spend time thinking and kind of analyzing things um, in my life and other people's lives and understanding other people, why they're doing this and that and why they're showing up in that way. And that just gives you another level of understanding that allows you to problem solve and, 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 and further your life in many great ways. Um, so for me, the, what that looks like as a habit, as a practical habit, is journaling. I like to journal every, every morning. I take out my journal, I write you know, what's going on in my life, 
my challenges, you know, any highlights, that's, you know, things that are going on, magic moments. And through that process, what I'm doing is I'm getting altitude on my life. I'm getting a different perspective. It's like you're removing yourself from your life and looking at your life almost like you're, you know, as a god. You know, you're a god. You're looking at, I'm looking at Stefan, his life, this world that I'm in, but I'm looking at it from a different perspective with altitude and I can see things differently. Um, so journaling has been great for me. And then also I like to talk to myself. Sounds crazy, but I like to talk to myself a lot. Tatiana can attest to that. I, I tend to, uh, for me as a way to collect my thoughts and express and even to release, because your thoughts are a form of energy. And when I actually talk out loud, I'm releasing things as well that are kind of caught up in my head. But I, I have this tendency at times where I walk around, like I kind of walk around in circles. And an hour can go by, I'm just walking in a circle. I'm not even thinking about my, my walking, I'm in my head, I'm thinking and I'm talking out loud though. I'm talking out loud, like I'm having a conversation with myself. And that has been very valuable in me articulating my thoughts a lot better, but also to, to, to look at my life in different ways. Um, so that, that's something that I, I think can be of great benefit to you as well. Uh, my, one of my mentors, Jim Rohn, he always used to say that a life worth living is worth recording. And that's why I love journaling, by the way, is that I get to record my life and I get to look back. You know, if you have a journal, I, I have journals from many years back and I can go back and read my thoughts and my life and where I was at 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's so powerful to be able to do that because then you can really see your growth and your thinking, your mentality, and your mindset and your life back then and compare it to where you are now. Um, so that's something that can be really fun too. Another way that can show up for you is uh, checking in on each area of your life every week. So checking in on a scale from one to 10, what would I rate my health? You know, where would my physical body be? Where would I rate my, my mental and my emotional well-being? On a scale from one to 10, 10 being the best, zero being the worst. Where would my finances be? Where would my relationship be? And reflecting on that because you can't manage something if you don't measure it. The more you measure these every different aspects of your life, you bring awareness to your life and say, hey, you know what, my health, this last, week, this last 30 days, I'd rate it like a five out of 10. Oh, that's not good. You know, I want it to be a seven out of 10. How can I bring it up there? But by checking in and reflecting on each area of your life, you bring attention to it and then you can actually do something to progress and move in the direction of where you want to go. So very, very important. It helps you course correct in your life. No different than when an airplane takes off. If it's going from Los Angeles to New York, most often the airplane is off course right, with the wind and all that stuff, but it's always course correcting, because if it didn't, it would all end off in a totally different destination. So you always have to course correct and have awareness and reflect on your life to see, are you moving closer towards the life you want, the person you want? Is every area of your life growing or is it regressing? If it's regressing, okay, the awareness helps you address it and catch it and make adjustments so you can get back on track. Okay, the next one, uh, habit number four, is positivity and optimism positivity and optimism. Now, I think this is such an important habit. Um, most of you here, if you follow me, you know I'm a positive person. I'm sure you're a very positive person as well, a very optimistic person. I think that's important because life is tragic. I hate to look at it that way, but it is. Life is tragic. Um, in our lifetimes, there's gonna be a lot of, lot of tragedy. People that we love are gonna die. We're gonna die. Um, we're gonna encounter disease and illness and the people in their lives are as well at some point. You know, in the United States, one in two people die from uh, 
cancer and heart disease, so it's not good. Um, we're going to have a lot of pain show up in our lives that might be unjust, uh, might be based on our circumstances or environments, and you know, it doesn't take much to see the tragedies that are happening in the world. You turn on the news, you're going to find that. You're going to see a lot of negative things that's happening, and we live in a world where that's going to get our attention a lot more because the news is not designed to inform you. It's designed to startle you to get attention because they're a business, and they want to get your clicks and your views and your attention. The way to do that is by inducing fear because as human beings, anything that's a threat or a danger, we're more likely to pay attention to it to ensure our survival. So we live in a world where there's going to be a lot of that that's going to be happening in the world. But at the same time, there's a lot of beauty that's happening in the world. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of just as much suffering. There's just as much amazing things that are happening that right now in this moment, yes, there are people being killed and, and getting into accidents and, and, and you know, committing suicide and being raped. And there's a lot of hor horrific things. If you focus on it, you're going to feel pretty shitty and pretty lousy about yourself, your life, and humanity in general. But at the same time, this very moment, there's people being born, people entering to this world that they'll be loved. There's people that right now, this moment, are achieving and pursuing their goals and their dreams in life. There's right now people that are falling in love and making love. There's people getting, getting married right now, right this very moment, somewhere in the world, that are making a commitment and vows to love. There's so many beautiful and create incredible things that are happening right now, and, and what your life is going to look like and what you're going to feel consistently is going to be based on what you focus on. You focus on the negative, you get more of that. You attract it, you amplify it, and you're going to feel that more. You focus on the good and the positivity, and you have more of an optimistic outlook. You're going to get more of that in your life as a self-fulfilling prophecy, but you're going to feel so much better about your life as well. So our perception is so important. Our mindset, our attitude, and the meaning that we associate to the events of life are very, very important. If you went to a party, and at that party, there's a fight that breaks out. Now, if you focus on that, okay, almost like you had a camera. Imagine your eyes, your mind is like a camera, and you focus that camera. Out of everything that's going on in the party, you focus on the fight that's broken out. Now, if that's where your focus is, you're going to leave that party, and you're probably going to say, man, that was a pretty bad party. It was a pretty lousy party. Is you know, there's a fight. You know, people are arguing, and... It was pretty dark. It wasn't that good. And you're going to have that sort of experience and different emotions associated to that. At the same time, that same party, what if instead you take that camera and you focus it on another part of the party of fun and people dancing or you know, people having an incredible conversation, very loving, fun conversation and connections and friendships that are being formed. And you focus your camera, your mind, your attention on that. You're going to leave that party and you're going to walk away and say, wow, it was a great party. You know, some really great people at that party. That's your perception though. It's what you focus on. The same party, but you can get something different from everything that life has to offer based on what you focus on and the meaning that you pull from it. And in every situation, I believe there's something good. There's something good. Some situations are a lot harder to find good than others, but it's always there if you look for it. And that's something that has really governed my life where in every situation, I'm always looking for the good. I'm looking for the bright side. I'm looking for something positive that I can pull from this that can make my life better, other people's lives better, that can have more utility to my life in some way, shape, or form. So that's a shift. That's a habit that you cultivate in your life. If you watch some of my other trainings inside the Life Master Accelerator, I talk about reframing. 
I've got a whole training on reframing things and changing your perception of events in your life. So I've, I've talked a lot about that, but that's a habit to cultivate. Now, one thing I want to share with you, the difference of a pessimist and an optimist. There's a great book, by the way, called Learned Optimism. I think it's called uh, by Martin Selig uh, Seligman, I think. Um, but anyways, in the book, and just when you study this in general, people that are pessimistic, they tend to be more accurate. Okay? They're more accurate about things. But they often are less happy and less successful in their life because they see things as it is, but they often see it worse than it is. They, they prepare and see the worst side of a scenario, and oftentimes it's a way to protect yourself, right? Because if you know all the worst parts of something and you... You, you, you come to a judgment or a belief that that's not going to work and that's going to be a scam and that's a danger and that's not true and all of that, you're going to be more true and more accurate about that perhaps, but it's going to lead you down a darker path that contributes to less happiness and less success. On the other hand, someone who's an optimist, they tend to be less accurate. Okay, They're, they're less accurate in how they see things, but they're happier and they're more successful. So an optimist sees it as it is, but can see it better than it is. They look at the bright side of situations. And I'm often reminded, I choose to be an optimist, even though some things that I might believe or look at might not be as it is, but I'm looking at the more positive side. I'm interpreting, interpreting it in a more positive way. But it often reminds me of a, a common saying that you might have heard in relationships. In the relationships, we're all going to fight and argue and have disagreements. But one common phrase is you've got to ask yourself, do I want to be right or do I want to be in love? Do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Because part of being in love and part of being happy is letting go of the need to be right. So you're having an argument with your partner. You know, you're saying, no, I'm right. This is how it should have been done. And you made this mistake. And they say, no, no, no. I did things the, you know, the best way I thought. This, this is right and you're wrong. And you're always gonna fight and argue, and the more you do that, I'm right, no, I'm right, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, what that's gonna do is it creates separation. It divides you. And the soonest that the person in the relationship can swallow their pride and let go of their ego and the need to be right, the person that can do that, that has the emotional and social intelligence and maturity to do so, to say, you know what, fuck this, who cares? I'm wrong, you're right. If you wanna be right, you're right. And you know what? I'm sorry. I apologize because I overreacted. I apologize because I shouldn't be getting angry about this. I apologize because why does it even matter? Like we're, most people, they argue about things that don't really matter. They're so insignificant. They don't matter that much. But it's the ego that get, you know, gets in the way. And the sooner that you can let go of that and say, you know what? I don't need to be right. That's okay. I'd much rather be in love. I'd much rather be happy. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. You know, and let's move on. Let's get this focus on uniting and being together and creating something. We're on the same team. You know, you got to always remember that we're on the same team in life. So that's an important distinction that I'm often reminded of is the ability to let go of things, the ability to surrender to things. And who cares if you're wrong? It doesn't have to mean anything if you're wrong. And there's really no right or wrong because everybody has their own interpretation. That's why we live in a world with billions of people that have very different belief systems. There are some people that believe, you know, interpret uh, religion many different ways. I mean, even in Christianity, 
in any religion, there's groups that interpret scripture and religious texts in different ways, sometimes a radical way, you know, far right or far left, political differences, obviously, we have in the world of different belief systems, and there's so many different belief systems. Who's right and wrong? I don't know, and it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't really matter that much. Everyone can interpret everything in a very different way. And the attachment of trying to be right, in my opinion, is going to create a lot of suffering. And if you study Buddhism, you know, Buddha believed that life is suffering. And a big part of what he teaches and the way he was able to achieve nirvana and enlightenment is just letting go and surrendering and loving. And I think that's something that we can all practice a lot more that creates more peace and happiness in our life. They say that the key to a great relationship is two good forgivers. Two people that can forgive one another. The easier and the better that you can forgive the other person, the more happy and the better the relationship's going to be. But to forgive someone, you've got to let go of your resentment. You've got to let go of your anger. You've got to let go of the past. The past is over, done. Okay, fine. I'm always going to give someone a new chance, a new opportunity, and, and forgive them. And if we can't forgive someone else, then how can we expect someone else to forgive us? Because we're all imperfect. We all make mistakes. We all sin. You know, if you're religious, you know, we all sin. We all, none of, none of us are perfect human beings. And so we hope and pray that people will forgive us, that God would forgive us, that our friends, our family, our partner would forgive us. And if we want to be forgiven, which, you know, I think is something that would be good for all of us, then it also takes the emotional and spiritual maturity to be able to forgive others. And forgiveness is something you often do not for the other person, you do it for yourself. You know, Nelson Mandela had that quote that resentment is like you drinking poison and then expecting the other person to die. You're the one that suffers when you hold on to those things, not the other person. So optimism, positivity, incredibly important to cultivate on a daily basis. Okay, next one. I'm going to go a little bit quicker here, guys, because I got a lot, but I'm trying to give some great explanations for you guys. But the next one is planning. Planning your day, planning your week, planning ahead in your life. You know, most often, a lot of the happiness and joy comes from being in the present moment, but if you just continuously live in the present moment, which is more of an Eastern philosophy, right? Eastern philosophy is more live for today, tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. And in the present moment, you find joy and happiness and you, you, you know, you're not focused on the past and you're not stressed about the future because the anxiety most often and the stress is you focused on the future you know, and a way to protect yourself by planning and preventing pain, the anxiety and the stress can be useful for you. But the present moment is where happiness and joy is found. But we have to balance that, the Eastern philosophy, with the Western philosophy of planning ahead, thinking ahead in our lives. And, and not getting always so caught up that you're always in the future, but you forget to enjoy the present. There's a balance of that. But thinking ahead is very valuable because it's what allows you to get ahead. You have to be a planner. You have to look ahead in your life. What's my vision? What are my goals? What do I want for this year? What goals can I set for this year that I can commit and set in my life and move towards and make progress for? And then breaking that even down to planning on a weekly basis or a daily basis. I like to make sure that I always have a plan for my life. Because if you don't have a plan, you're going to fall into someone else's plan. And most often people, their plan for you is not much. Most people, they're focused on themselves and their life and you fit into their plan and you're helping further their life, but you're not really focusing on creating your life. And a lot of people, they get caught up in making a living instead of designing a life. 
So you want to design your life, and part of how you do that is by planning. So some of these habits, by the way, are daily habits, uh, weekly habits, monthly habits, yearly habits. I mean, planning can be done every year, every month, every week, every day. Um, some of these habits, like the optimism, positivity, is a habit you work on all throughout the day. Every waking hour of your life, you're trying to work on that aspect of yourself so that you can live there and be better at it. But some planning habits for me is I like to plan out my week in advance. I've already done a training inside this program talking about time management. Uh, but I like to plan out in advance for the week, schedule things in my calendar. I know when I'm going you know, to wake up and when I'm going to go to the gym and do my routines and my rituals, when I'm going to start the day, when I'm going to work on my business, when I'm going to spend time with my relationship, when I'm going to spend time with friends. And I do the best I can to stick to that plan. A plan is not a prison. Okay, It's not, it's not like... You have to do everything, and it has to be a very rigid life. You create a plan to actually create freedom for yourself and to create the life that you really want because you're going to end up somewhere a year from now. You might as well make sure you're in a much better place than you are today. The only way that happens is by planning ahead and taking action that get you there. Okay? So daily planning, planning out, for example, every day. What's the most important thing for me to do this day? Writing out your list. What are the top three important things? And then doing that. You do that every day, your life can transform and be in incredible places a year from now, five years, 10 years from now. It's amazing what you can accomplish if every day you, plan, you have a plan and you stick to that plan. You're gonna, you can't help but get better. You can't help but get to where you want to be. Okay, the next, uh, the next uh, habit, number six, uh, is reading, learning, courses, Feeding your mind with good and positivity. Now, I don't have to tell you about all the negative stuff that can take in our attention, the news, all of that. We have to counter that by proactively feeding our mind with positive information. That means reading books, perhaps it's watching videos, maybe it's listening to podcasts, maybe it's going through courses, maybe it's going through a course like this. You know, and obviously there's different quality of information. Some information might be low quality, some of it's more valuable, more profound, more life-changing and practical and more actionable than others. But we live in a world, there's so much of it, and that's a beautiful thing. But every day feeding your mind with that is gonna do wonders for your life. Every day reading, I love reading, because reading, I kinda look at reading, it's kinda like a portrait where there's many layers, and you can go deeper and deeper and deeper on a certain subject. And um, we all have different modalities, I guess you could say, in terms of how we like to learn, but I think you gotta find what you like and stick to that and go deep with it. Go deep with what you want to learn and spend 30 minutes to an hour, if not more, learning and feeding your mind every day. That's going to make a huge difference in changing your belief system. Okay, Because when you read and consume something that's shaping your beliefs and your mindset, no different if you spend time with negative people, if you uh, watch the news, that's going to seep into your psyche and is going to influence you in some cases in a more negative way if, they're ne if it's negative stuff that you're feeding your mind with. And so make sure you're feeding it with pos positivity. Uh, the more you learn, the more you earn, right? All the most successful people, they're obsessed with learning and growing. Um, leaders are readers. You know, there's many different quotes and sayings like that that can empower you. I like to learn about every aspect of my life. I like to pick an area of my life, go deep with it. Uh, if there's a problem or challenge I'm facing in my life, one of the first things I do, okay, this is the problem. What books, what resources, what information is out there that can help me with this? 
Anything that you're going through in your life, you can overcome. Other people have already done so. There's books, there's courses, there's so much out there. Just find it, go to Amazon, go to Google, go to YouTube, search deeper, deeper, deeper to find those resources and, and implement them to your life. And you do that over time, you can change any part of your life. I really, really believe that. I don't care if you're going through drug addiction, I don't care if you hit rock bottom, I don't care if you're going through a bankruptcy, whatever you're going through, there's people that have overcome that, they're on the other side. And you too can be on the other side and you can find the resources and learn as much as you can. So that's one constant, as you guys I already know this, but I wanna reinforce it even deeper in you. Number seven, exercise goes without saying. Very, very important for your, your, your physical health, but also your mental and your emotional well-being. Um, exercise, getting outside, getting sunlight, which is life energy, but moving your body, very important. It, it makes a huge difference in your emotional state. A lot of studies have done that exercise um, has more benefit than antidepressants in some cases. So it's imperative for our mood and our happiness. And, and, and it's something that we live in such a sedentary lifestyle where we sit down. Our life is like we sit on the couch, we sit in a desk, we sit in cars, we sit on the train, we sit on the subway. We're always sitting, we're not moving. And one great book that I read is called, um, it's called Get Up or Stand Up, Why Your Chair Is Killing You and What To Do About It. They actually found a study that sitting is worse for you than smoking cigarettes. Because most of us were sitting all day and then we sleep eight hours and we, you know, yeah, you go outside, go to the gym for an hour, but that's not enough. We're made as human beings to be out hunting and gathering and being active all throughout the day. And that's why a lot of us, a lot of people in the United States deal with obesity, depression, a lot of challenges. I think that exercise can contribute and a better lifestyle can make a huge difference in, in, in changing how we feel. Um, one, one great device, I, I don't have it with me when I travel, but it's a, 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 a treadmill desk. Something I've shared on my YouTube channel many times, but a treadmill desk where I'm walking throughout the day as I'm working on my computer, and that allows me to get more steps in. And that's why I like to use a ring like this, a, a tracker, because it can track my steps. And so it kind of, you can challenge yourself to get more activity in, and that does wonders just for everything in your life. Um, so, and also, you know, it's taking a proactive approach to avoid disease and, and, and illness and issues you're gonna face later down the road. Um, I don't wanna, you know, when I'm 60 or 70 or 80 years old, have to deal with things that I could avoid today. You know, if I can avoid it today, if I can avoid issues in my heart and a cancer or whatever it might be, if I can avoid that today by doing something, then I wanna do that. And if you don't like to exercise, this really just means you haven't built the habit of it. You don't have enough pleasure associated to it. But you can find anything. It could be lifting weights. I think some form of resistance training is valuable for everybody, especially as you get older, uh, because your, muscle, your muscles are gonna degenerate over time. If you don't strengthen it, if you don't challenge yourself, you're not gonna get stronger. So lifting some form of weights or physical resistance at least once a week I think is good. But maybe you wanna focus on more endurance activities and maybe that's running, fantastic. Maybe it's sprinting, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's a sport. Um, I like to lift weights and I also like to play basketball. I like to do some cardio as well. I like to do kickboxing. I like to, um, you, know, uh, you know, many different activities I enjoy. I like to go for hikes and whatnot. Um, and that just allows you to get more out of yourself in your life. Okay, next one is meditation. Meditation, I've done a whole training on the topic of meditation here inside the Life Mastery Accelerator. One of the most valuable things in my life 
I feel so necessary in this crazy world that we live in of overstimulation. Learning to calm your mind, it allows you to experience more inner peace. It's the antidote to stress and anxiety because stress and anxiety is you living too much up here, overthinking, micromanaging, living off in the future, thinking about things that have yet to happen, have yet to come in your life is what fear is, right? It's an anticipation of pain. The more you're up here, the more suffering you have, right? That's why meditation allows you to calm your mind and it also helps you develop the prefrontal cortex which gives you more control over your thoughts and more discipline and more willpower. So it can be a simple habit of meditating 10 minutes a day. If you can do more than that, great. You get more benefit, obviously, the longer that you meditate. I like to use sometimes certain apps, uh, like a Calm, the Calm app on my phone. Um, some of these apps, they cost some money, but the Calm app, Headspace, and I like using Amuse. Amuse is, uh, I'll link to these for you guys in the resource section of the, the members area, but the Muse is a headband that you wear and it tracks uh, your, your uh, activity in your brain and it measures your meditation session so you can see how active your mind was and how calm it was and it helps you be more calm over time. So it does wonders, meditation I can't, I can't stress enough. Uh, number nine is reviewing goals and your vision. Reviewing your goals and your vision. Your goals, your vision gives you direction for your life. You know what you want, you're moving towards something. We always need something to move towards. Because if you don't have a compelling future, we just sit around and we get lazy. So we need something that is exciting and, and makes today valuable that we can invest today for tomorrow's betterment. So creating a vision goals for your life, yes, but the habit of reviewing that, that whenever things are going on in your life that are challenging or stressful, you refocus yourself, this is where I'm going, this is what I want, this is my vision. Yes, there's problems here, there's hurdles here, there's distractions here, it's all distraction. Okay, refocus, what do I want? I'm just gonna continue moving in that direction. Who do I wanna be? Okay, I don't wanna be this person who gets caught up being angry and frustrated and fighting with someone. Okay, redirect, this is who I wanna be, what can I do to become that? What can I do to move in that direction? So that's a habit. You know, that might be every day reading out your goals, every day reading out your vision, every day looking at your vision board. That's a habit that you can do every day. The more you do it, the more you move in that direction. The more that you're aware of how you're showing up and the more that you move in that direction to get to where you want to be. Number 10 is affirmations. Affirmations, very important. Um, something that has really helped me shape my beliefs. Every day, speaking out loud, who and what I want to become. Whatever you attach the words I am to is what you become. So one thing that I like to do is I like to write out what are the beliefs that I want to have? What are the, the software and the apps that I want to upload to my operating system, to my computer, that can help my computer run better? And so I write them out. If I want more confidence in my life, and that's a belief that I want to cultivate, then I'm gonna write on a flashcard or I'm gonna say out loud, I am confident, I am confident. I'm gonna speak it with enthusiasm and energy and passion and with confidence in my physiology, my voice. And you do that enough times, you believe it. It shapes your mind. Any other belief, I am good enough, I am worthy, I am, I am social, I am outgoing, um, I can achieve anything I set my mind to. Whatever it is that you wanna believe, write it down or speak it out loud every single day and over time, you're gonna upload that to your brain and that's gonna manifest in your life and your way of being. 
I also like to write down quotes um, and find inspiring quotes from incredible people throughout history. And I write down the quote and I like to read out that quote every day because that's a reflection of that person's belief system. If I want that belief, if I read it out loud and really embody it, then it goes into my mind and it's something that becomes a part of my way of thinking and being as well. Okay, next one is the habit of discipline and integrity. Discipline and integrity. I think this is such an important one. Your ability to do what you say you're going to do. Sounds pretty simple, but it's not that easy for a lot of people. You want to make sure that you honor your word. You honor your commitment to the best of your ability. That's what integrity is. You do what you say. So if you say to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym today at 5 p.m. If you don't do that and you made a commitment to yourself, then you're not being in integrity with yourself. The consequence of that is when you don't do what you say, what happens to your self-esteem? Does it go up or down? It goes down. You feel less confident. You feel less good about yourself. Most often we feel guilty. We shame ourselves. And we lose trust in ourselves the next time we make a commitment because if you keep breaking your word and commitment to yourself and then you say to yourself tomorrow, I'm going to go to the gym at 5 p.m., part of your brain knows why can I even trust this person? Why can I trust myself if every time I say I'm going to do something, I don't do it? So to build your integrity and build your discipline, you've got to get in the habit of doing what you say. If you say you're going to do it, do it. You might not feel like it, but you still do it regardless of how you feel, regardless of whatever else. You do what you say. That's a very powerful and important habit. You might not feel like waking up at 5 a.m., but you say you're going to do it, you do it. And that, that's a muscle that you build over time. You might not want to work on your business, but you say, you know what, I'm going to do it, and you do it. You might not want to go to work. You might not want it. There's a lot of things we don't want to do, but if we don't do it, then it has a long-term negative consequence to our life. And you do that enough times and your life is just, it's a life of procrastination and laziness and you have no power in your life. You reclaim your power by, by, by honoring your commitments and starting small. You know, don't make a commitment you can't keep. If it's too much for you to go to the gym, don't make that commitment then. Start small. Or if it's too much to say, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour, be like, you know what, I'm just going to show up at the gym. Even if I show up for five minutes and leave, that's fine. I, then I, I did what I was, said I was going to do. If I do more than that, great. That's a bonus. But get in the habit of doing what you say. If you always are committing to things, goals and whatever it is, but you're not doing it, then you've got to stop what you're doing and make it smaller and more attainable and easier for you, more realistic, so that you can build the momentum of confidence and, and integrity and discipline in your life. And then as you get stronger, you can take on more. You can do more. You, you, you become unstoppable in your life because... You've cultivated that muscle. Okay, the next one is health testing. I think this is a great ritual, a great habit to have. Uh, it's more of a habit you might do every year. So I'm a big fan of being proactive with your health, not reactive. A lot of things that show up in our life, disease, sickness, fatigue, symptoms that show up, we could have caught them earlier in some circumstances by being proactive and getting a test done, working with a naturopathic doctor, working with your physician, doing your own research, doing your own due diligence. So for me, one thing I do is every year I get certain tests done. I, do, I get blood work done. I get a micronutrient test because I want to know the levels of, of minerals and vitamins and everything that's going on in my body so I can see what am I deficient in that I can supplement with or modify my diet or my lifestyle to get more of. If I'm lower in vitamin D, I want to know that. If I'm low in magnesium, I want to know that. 
If I'm low in vitamin B12, I want to know that. The sooner I know that, then the sooner I can supplement or change my lifestyle to get more of that, and that can make a huge difference in my health over the long term. Rather than not getting any testing done and always being deficient in vitamin D and you know, all these things, and then you, know, you, you suffer from it as a result. You're not getting the most out of your body. You're not giving your body what it really needs. It's like you driving a car, but you're not, you know, there's some part of the car that's not working properly and, and your car's not gonna perform until you actually take it to the shop and you get an audit done of it, an inspection done, and you get it tuned up and you get it fixed so that it can run and perform. And we do that for a car, you gotta do that even more so for yourself. You know, every year or so you get an oil change, don't you? Right, otherwise your, car, your car's gonna break down. There's a consequence, same thing with your body. You gotta be proactive with that. So micronutrient test, I do a, a gut microbiome test, a stool test. I wanna see the bacteria in my gut to see what levels of bacteria are lower and, and is there yeast overgrowth? Is there candida that I have that I can address and deal with? And there, are there certain probiotics that I can take or I can take more fermented foods and I can re, repopulate my gut, which is incredibly important because a lot of disease originates in the gut. So you wanna be proactive with that. Hormone testing, maybe your testosterone's low or maybe your estrogen levels are not in the optimal range. Uh, maybe your cortisol is too high. Like there's many different hormones that make a profound difference in our way of life and how we feel and you wanna address that. The sooner you can address it, then the more you're gonna benefit from it, okay? Um, if you're older, obviously, you know, you want to get a physical done. You want to, if you're a man, get your prostate checked and, you know, a variety of things like that too as you get older as well. Um, I, I also like to do a, a DNA test. You only have to do it once, but I use 23andMe for that. Uh, I, I, you know, that's very helpful to know. I was actually just looking over my results again. I got it done years ago, but I want to know if I have certain genetic ten tendencies for certain things or a more genetic likelihood of, of getting some sort of disease down the road. For, for example, one thing that I learned from my genetic test is that uh, I'm more likely to get some sort of, um, uh, it's more age-related, but over time, I'm more likely to lose my sight, my, my, my eyesight and the quality of my, my seeing and whatnot. That's something that I found out through my genetic testing that I have a higher likelihood of, and under that circumstance, I know there's things that I can do now to really take care of my eyesight. For example, wearing sunglasses when I go outside. There's many things that I can do, but if I didn't know that, man, I don't, that's gonna suck if I did, you know, when I'm 80 years old and I'm blind, or I can't see properly, I have to deal with vision loss. I don't wanna deal with that. If there's something I can do today for that, I wanna know what that is and I wanna start doing that. Tatiana, for example, has a bit higher likelihood based on a gene that she has of getting Alzheimer's or dementia. It's like, ooh, that's not good. Don't wanna have that later in life. There's a chance that she could get it based on this gene. Okay, what can she do now today to help prevent that? As much as you know, exercise and eating well, and you know, I've got this biohacking device called the, the V-Light, which uses red light therapy to stimulate your brain. And that helps, it's actually something that's used for patients with, with dementia that helps them with that. And so there's many things that you can do. And I want to avoid the pain and the suffering later down the road. So I'm obsessed with doing what I can now to avoid that. And I think that's something if you do it every, every, every uh, year, you know, yeah, there's some cost and expense with it, but that's just the upkeep of, of having a body. You know, you've got to do some upkeep for this vehicle that you've been given, no different than your car. 
Uh, doing a heavy metals test, you know, that's something that I did. I found out I have high levels of mercury and lead and I had to detox it for about a year and a half. To, uh, you know, I even did a, a bone density scan, a DEXA scan, and found out that I had low bone density. I had osteopenia, which is right before you get osteoporosis. And I was like, that's not good. What's causing that? And I went down the rabbit hole of trying to figure that out. And I've been a lot better since then. So your health is your wealth. Get testing done. Make that a habit you do every year. Uh, next thing is a detox and cleanse. This is also something you can do every year. Um, I always like to give my body a rest, a break from a lot of the, the lifestyle choices that I make. So most of us, uh, really all of us, our bodies are under a lot of stress. Your body's working nonstop. Automatic pilot, you know, your heart beats 100,000 times a day. Every time you eat a meal, doesn't matter what kind of meal it is, if it's processed, if it's raw, if it's plant-based, if, if it's meat, if it's cooked, your body has to digest that. That requires a tremendous amount of energy. It puts stress on the body. Every time you drink alcohol, man, that's causing stress to your liver, your kidneys. Your body's constantly trying to detoxify and eliminate. It eliminates through your bowels, through your urinary tract, even eliminates through your respiratory system and, and your lungs, even through your skin, which is the largest organ of your body by sweating and releasing toxins, even if it's a rash or pimples or acne, whatever, your body's always trying to detoxify itself. And when you give your, a lot of times your body can't fully detoxify it because you're putting in more toxicity than it can get rid of and eliminate. And that's where, if, you, if it doesn't eliminate it through one of the methods that I shared with you, then your body can develop a tumor. It can develop some sort of issue within itself that grows and materializes and that you're gonna eventually pay the price for later. So a detox or a cleanse is just giving your body a break. You know, um, for example, for me I've done a water fast where I drink nothing but water for a week. That gives my digestive system a break and it doesn't have to expand as much digesting. It can actually allow itself to, to, to focus on other parts of the body or doing a juice fast where I'm drinking a lot of green juice and that's also a great break for the digestive system because the, the, the juice, you're extracting the pulp and so it doesn't have to digest. It doesn't have to focus on digesting that. Or you know, maybe it's more targeted sort of detox. It could be more related to your kidney or your liver or healing leaky gut syndrome or, or whatever it might be. There's many different ones you can do that you can find based on what you really need and that's why I like to work with a naturopath uh, I've shared before one of my favorite documentaries is called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. That's a movie by Joe Cross that really inspired me to do a juice fast. He's got a second version as well, I think a third version too. Uh, but I highly recommend that documentary, it's very life-changing and, and uh, I'll probably, probably even going to do a juice fast next week. Um, I was talking to Tatiana about it. So something you do to give your body a break, give it a rest, allow it to kind of reset and then you go back to to, you know, and, and it allows you to kind of get some momentum too after doing it to be a little bit healthier and whatnot too. I've done raw food cleanse or just, just raw food. So it doesn't have to be as strict as a water fast. There's many different types. Ketogenic diet, you know, sometimes I do daily fasting, intermittent fasting. There's different things you can do to, to give your body a bit of a rest. Okay, got more for you guys. I'm gonna try to go through them a little bit quicker here, guys, so we can dive into some of your questions. Uh, quality sleep. Goes without said, but very important. A lot of uh, sleep science shows seven or eight hours is what we need. Um, how, you know, having a good bedtime routine. 
I'll, I've shared, talk, I've talked about sleep before. Few of my favorite devices for that is the Chili Pad. Chili Pad is a device that um, regulates the temperature of your mattress. There's a certain temperature that allows us to have deeper sleep. Men and women tend to prefer different temperatures as well. So you can actually set the temperature on one side of the mattress for your, 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 your wife or your, your girlfriend, and then one for, the, for, for yourself as a man, for example. Um, blue blocking glasses, I like to use the Swannies for that. Blocks out blue light before I go to bed for my devices. Helps my brain release melatonin, which is gonna contribute to higher quality sleep. The Earth Pulse PEMF, pulsed electromagnetic frequencies, I use that under my mattress, helps, contributes to deeper sleep. Uh, using a sleep mask, having total darkness in the room will contribute to deeper sleep. And then using the Aura Ring to track my sleep as well. And I've done another video more on health and sleep. And these resources, I'm gonna just link them for you guys in the resource section afterwards. Okay, next one is rest and recovery. Getting rest and recovery. This is a habit as well that you want to have every week, every month, every year. Otherwise, you get burnt out. Otherwise, you're not allowing your body to also kind of reset itself. What's wor the worst thing for our bodies is stress. You can do everything right with your health and your sleep, but if you're always stressed, that's gonna wreak havoc on your your, your health and your well-being, and that's gonna shorten your lifespan, I think, more than anything else. So have, it could be on the weekends, it could be on Sundays, but have a rest day. Maybe every month, you know, take two days off, three days off, every three months, every year, take a vacation, take one week off, two weeks off, disconnect from everything, disconnect. And what it also does is it, again, allows you to get perspective on your life. You know, for me as an overachiever, I'm always go, 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 go. That's my nature, I love that. That's me being an overachiever. And it's hard for me to take days off sometimes, but I've learned over the years how important it is, especially as a content creator and an, a creative person. One thing I've actually learned is that rest, taking like a week away from my, my business, even though my business might go down during that week, or let's say I take a month off and I just go and travel. Yes, even though maybe my income could go down a little bit, my productivity is obviously going down, less things are getting done, less income in the short term, it's okay because you have to look at life long term, not short term. So you have to be okay perhaps with a, a month, let's say, of less productivity, less money, and less growth, but by taking that month off, it, it's gonna allow you to re-energize yourself and get refocused and re-motivated, and that's gonna allow you to get even further ahead. So I've learned that for myself how important that is because I've been doing what I've done for a long time. And if I don't take care of myself, then there is no me and there's no, there's no me, there's no Project Life Mastery and everybody suffers as a result of that. You know, my subscribers, my fans, you guys, uh, my team suffers from it. Like everybody suffers if I'm not at my best and energized and passionate and excited and learning. And to be that, I have to take time off and rest. And the same thing for you as well. So I think that's something that is important at times. You gotta set up a structure and the habit of that and understand by resting, long-term it benefits you at the short-term cost that you might be attached to losing of the lack of efficiency and productivity. It also prevents your burnout too and just it, it re-energizes you in your life. Okay, number 16 is skill or trait development. Skill or trait development, this is a habit of furthering your career or any other aspect of your life. You want to have the habit of working on some part of your life or some part of yourself or some sort of skill that you're developing. 
And you want to know, based on your career or your business, what is the most important skill for you to have? The most important skill. If you're an actor, your most important skill is your ability to act. If you're a performer, if you're an athlete, your most important skill is your talent and your ability. And if you're a professional athlete, like a basketball player, then you know your, your money-making skill is your ability to shoot. Your money-making skill is your ability to, to dunk, or it's your athleticism, or it's your endurance. Whatever that is, we all have our money-making skills, our most important skills. If you're a speaker, then maybe that's your most important skill that you gotta cultivate. If it's writing, then that's the skill that you gotta work on. You, you gotta work on that. You gotta know what your most important skill is that you master over your life and you put in your 10,000 hours for. For me, I've recognized one of the most important skills that I have is my ability to communicate, to speak, to share ideas, to learn and share and communicate it and coach and make an impact in people's life. That's something that I'm always trying to work on, you know, to get better and better at. Because if I continuously get good at that skill, then I can hire a team that can support me with everything else. If I can be one of the best at what I do, then I can work with other people that are the best at what they do. They can support my skill set. Um, maybe for you it's sales, maybe it's cold calling, maybe it's going door to door, maybe it's marketing, right? You've got to find out what those skills are and go deep and master that. And that's something that you can cultivate as a habit that you do every day. Maybe it's 30 minutes a day, maybe it's every week. No different than if you want to learn a martial art, you want to learn how to dance or sing, you're probably going to take a class or practice it every single week. And if you do it every day, the further, the further that you get with that skill, the more successful that you become. And it also helps develop your competence over time, right? Which gives you confidence, right? The more competent you are at something, the more confident you're gonna be. Number 17 is managing your finances. This is a very important skill. This is a very important habit, I should say, in your life to track and manage your finances. All good money managers, all successful people are good with their money. And they're good with it because they focus on it consistently. Uh, for me, I've had a habit for a long time that I started, because I used to be in credit card debt and was never even checked my finances, but it wasn't until I started checking every week. Every week, I had a spreadsheet. I'd put in what my expenses were for the week, what my income was, check my budget, and be on top of my finances. That's very important, and it's very important to cultivate that habit now, early, when you might not have as much money, because it will benefit you down the road when you have more. You know, you want to make sure you're efficient with your money and you're on top of your income. And then part of that as well is making sure that you're saving money every month. That's a habit. The habit of putting aside 10% of what you make, put it in a savings account, put it for a rainy day for an emergency, or use it to invest in your future, in yourself, or something that allows you to get further to where you want to be in your ultimate vision. Okay, so that's a habit. Saving your money. Um, these basic skills, right, that we should have learned when we were in school, that most often people don't practice or know much about. They're very important to our long-term future. If you can save more than 10%, amazing, amazing. I, I started with 10%, but over time, I increased that to 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, and continued, especially as I made more money, I wanted to save more of that and be smart with my money so that I can get further ahead. Next one is investing. Investing is a habit and is something I think that we all need to cultivate. Um, we have to learn how to be an owner, not just a consumer. Most people in the world, they consume. They consume products and they buy products that are most often liabilities rather than assets. An investor is someone that is investing in assets that appreciate and grow in value and are worth more in the future. 
That's a habit that you want to cultivate of every single month investing. It could be investing in yourself, so because you are the ultimate asset that you appreciate and get better over time. But also perhaps it's investing in business, in stocks, in index funds, in bonds, in real estate. But you have to be proactive about your future and create a financial plan and have the habit of working on that every month. You know, working on that every month to make sure that your income and your finances are growing and especially for your retirement because you don't want to just depend on social security. You don't want to just depend on a pension. A lot of people say that you know, pensions are, are, are not going to be uh, not going to be something we're going to have in the future. There's not enough money to be able to support and pay for everyone's pension. That should concern you. You, know, you don't want to just allow the government or someone else to manage your money because yes, if you have a job, you might you know, get taken out of your paycheck every month, but you also got to take responsibility as well and take some of your own money and invest it in other vehicles that can set yourself up long-term, long-term also. Um, so investing, um, you know, I've shared a little bit about it here on my, my channel, but that's something that even if you want to build up more of a habit learning about it, for me, I check the, the markets every day. Every day I'm reading Yahoo Finance and being on top of my investments and knowing what's going on, especially if you want to be more of an active trader and really understand it and learn it more. Okay, a few more guys. Number 19 is, because I'm trying to cover health, wealth, and happiness, socializing and networking. This is also a very important habit. Being around other people, we're social creatures. Socializing does wonders for a mental and emotional well-being. It's a necessity in life. Human beings, we can't survive without it. It leads to isolation, loneliness, depression, anxiety. A lot of things uh, are, are the culprit of not socializing and being around people. But more than that, it allows you to sharpen your social skills, your communication skills by being around people. Networking, which is a very important skill in success because you need to be able to build relate, uh, rapport and relationships with other people that are like-minded and you want to build a tribe of people that are also positive and happy and successful and motivated and they've got their life together. You want to be around that. You want to create that empowering ecosystem, that mastermind, and that's going to do wonders in your life. That's going to help you grow other areas of your life more than others. And so making sure you value your friends and you're always meeting new people. You're always meeting people that uh, you're in alignment with and are quality people that you want to surround yourself with. I think that's so, so important. That means maybe going to events and seminars and going to you know, being, when you're invited out to something, going and showing up to that, even if you might not feel like it, it might be uncomfortable to do so, still doing so, still putting yourself in proximity with other people. Um, next one, number 20, is the habit of giving and contribution. Giving and contribution. You want to be a go-giver, not a go-getter. Giving, through the act of giving to others, it does a lot of wonderful things for you. Number one is it trains your brain how to be abundant. A lot of people, they're living in scarcity and fear. But when you give and you learn to let go of something of value, whether that's your time or some money or some love or praise or a compliment to someone else, just that act, one, you get more abundant. It's not all about you anymore. You're breaking the habit of selfishness, which is a really bad habit that a lot of people live in. But you're caring about someone else to do something for them and you're doing so without a hook on the other end, without you trying to get something back. You're not trying to give to get, you're just giving because you want to cultivate that part of yourself which is such an important quality to have in your relationship because to have a successful relationship, you have to be a giver. And when you give, you often get, don't you? 
You know, there's a law of reciprocity. When you give to someone and you're meeting their needs and you're loving them and you're contributing to them, they're going to want to naturally give back and reciprocate that to you. It's important in a, in a team dynamic, you know, not just being the selfish person in the team, but giving, contributing to other people as well. Even giving your money, even volunteering does wonders for you. Get different perspective and out, uh, perspective on your life just through contrast and you realize, wow, you know what? I have no problems. Look how great my life is. When you help the homeless, when you help people that are you know, going through rough times in life and you help and contribute to them, it does wonders for you. You know, Even the fact of giving money, it can be a small amount, but it trains your brain there's more than enough. And I believe when you open yourself up and you're not attached and closed, when you open yourself, there's more flowing into your life. So the habit of giving is incredibly important and builds your abundance. And, and it could be praising someone, complimenting someone, money, time, anything that you want to give. Even online you can do it, commenting or liking something. That act will do wonders for your psyche and I think the world would be so much better if everybody did that. The last one, guys, before we dive into questions. Whew, this has been a long video. A lot of, uh, a lot, I, I thought 21, I could get through that in a breeze, but each one of these, like I'm trying to demonstrate for you guys how important each one of these habits are in your life and it can be for your life and to, to reiterate that for you in a different way. But the last one is faith, the habit of faith. Faith can mean many different things. If you're religious, maybe that's you connecting with God, connecting with a higher power, whatever you believe in, connecting with the divine. Um, I look at your fear is your imagination that's undirected, okay? Because that's what fear is. Your fear is your imagination. You're imagining something, but you're not directing your mind. And so you're, you're focusing on the worst case possibility. Faith is your imagination directed. That even though, yes, it can be scary, there's unknown, you don't know what's going to happen when you die, you don't know. We don't know a lot. There's a lot of things as human beings we have no idea about and we'll never know in our lifetime. But to live a great life requires faith. It requires believing, believing that things are going to get better, that the best is yet to come. Believing that you're going to go on beyond your life here on this planet. That you're going to go to heaven, you're going to be reincarnated, that things are going to be better. And having that faith and the belief in that, because that allows you, when you have that, that no matter what you're going through in your life, you believe there's a reason and a purpose for anything in your life that can serve and empower you. So I, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus Christ, and that's enriched my life in many different ways. And whatever you believe in, practice it. Practice that in your life and cultivate your spirituality, that you're more than just the physical, there's metaphysical, there's something more and beyond your life, and that adds a different sense of meaning to your life that really enriches it in many different ways. And you know, part of that is even surrendering and trusting. That's part of faith, trusting, you know what? I can't, there's a lot of things in life we just can't control, but if you try to control it, you're going to go insane because there's many things that are going to happen that are unexpected in our life, but when you surrender and you say, you know what, God, the universe, whatever, I trust you. I trust that everything's going to be okay. That does wonders for your life. Or if you make a mistake, if you sin, if you, you know, do something wrong that's morally not right, which we all do. You know, we all, you know, have sinned. We all, you know, according to the Bible, born with original sin. So we're all going to sin. We're all going to do something morally wrong. We're all going to lie or cheat or steal or do something stupid in our lives. But part of your faith is having that ability to take ownership and to confess that, confessing it to God or confessing it to someone else, confessing it to yourself and saying, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. Please forgive me. 
and I want to get better. And that's one of the great benefits and purposes that um, religion can provide. You know, Nietzsche said, he talked about the death of God, but he realized that we need in religion the moral virtues for us to strive towards. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we need to have in our lives is to know what's right and wrong. And we're, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do some wrong. But we get right back on the path of trying to do what's right and trying to get better. And um, that's enriched my life. And hopefully it does for you as well. And that's a habit and can be done through prayer, through reading the Bible or reading the scripture or meditation or whatever your practice might be. But that's a habit that I cultivate in my life. And I want to share that with you too. So 21 habits, guys. Thank you so much for your patience in watching this video this long. But I wanted to, I always try to over deliver and go in depth on these. Um, but I wanted to give each one of these justice, do them, you know, enough justice for you to understand how important they are. Before we dive into your questions, the assignment that I'd have for you is I want this to be a video again that you take action on. And so is there one of these habits that you noticed that you observed that could enrich your life and make it better? Okay, what habit would that be for you? If you want to pick more than one, one, two, or three, I'd, re I'd recommend not doing too many at once. One thing that I used to try to do when I was young is just for the first 30 days, work on one habit, month number two, habit number two, month number three, habit number three, while simultaneously keeping month one, month two. Those habits that over a year, over 12 months, I could cultivate 12 new habits in my life. You know, so every, you know, that's something that you could try on for yourself and what would your life be like if every month or every two months, you cultivated some new habits, but the key is obviously sticking with the habit, which is why you don't want to overcommit and going back to the integrity piece and say you're going to do this, this, and this, and this, and then setting yourself up to fail. So pick one, two, or three for now. If you want to add more later, you absolutely can. But what's one, two, or three that you want to commit to? Write that down. Okay, write that down. And be specific about it. What is that habit going to look like in your life? How many days a week? Are you going to do that? Or how many, maybe it's once a year. Some of these were once a year habits. Some of them were once a month habits. You know, you get to decide. I mean, if you only want to meditate once a week, that's fine. If you only want to work out once a week, sure, that's fine. Some of these I recommend you do at least once a week. You know, more often, great. It doesn't have to be every day, though. Um, others you can maybe do, you know, maybe it's checking your finances or maybe it's giving a contribution. Maybe you do that once a week or once a month. You know, you do a big contribution or you really go over your finances once a month. So it doesn't have to be overwhelming that you have to do all of these today, you know, and have this like crazy day with all these habits. Um, you get to design your life and decide what that is for you. Okay, so write that down, commit to it. That's going to be your assignment over the next 30 days. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.